0: Europe's economy grew much less than expected in the June quarter. There's now a clear gap opening up between the United States, which is growing solidly despite high interest rates, and the much more subdued growth in Europe and greater China. That's great for the US dollar, which has hammered Asian currencies lower all week. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive, Crystal Tan explains how Bank Indonesia plans to shore up the rupiah in the face of king dollar.
1: their key purpose is probably to give BI additional tools to manage short-term interest rates and to attract cross-border inflows.
0: But first, in five and five with ANZ, final figures for European GDP overnight showed it grew just 0.1% in the June quarter. That's down from an initial estimate of 0.3% growth. And that was what was expected by the market, so much lower. Here's ANZ's Head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, talking this morning from London. Domestic demand remains very weak, particularly private consumption, uh, which was flat on the quarter, having been flat again in the first quarter of this year. So it tells me that European consumers are really suffering from high inflation and high interest rates. Number two, German industrial production fell 0.8% in July. Now, that was much worse than the 0.5% consensus forecast. German car production, that fell 9%. Brian says Germany's economy is really struggling with its energy transition away from Russian gas. That just makes a, a difficult backdrop for the manufacturing sector. But demand is also weak, and demand is weak because inflation has been high and interest rates are high. And as we mentioned, export growth from the euro area is slow. So I think it's quite a poor outlook for the German economy as we head into the autumn. Number three. Australia's trade balance softened more than expected in July on the back of weaker exports and a rise in imports. Here's ANZ's Australia economist, Maddie Dunk.
1: We saw that exports fell 2% and that was on the back of a 32% fall in non-monetary gold. And then on the import side, we saw that they rose 2.5% and there was a big lift in non-industrial transport equipment so in other words cars which were up 24.7% in the month and I think we've seen a bit of strength in car sales recently in yesterday's national accounts we saw that motor vehicle purchases were up 5.8% so there does seem to be some momentum there.
0: Number four, We got China's import-export data for August yesterday, and it's showing the first signs of stabilisation. Here's ANZ's Asia economist, Betty Wang.
1: Electrical machinery and electronic products actually contracted less than in previous months, which uh, could be seen as a positive sign. And uh, especially with the new gadgets to be launched in the coming months. So this is one thing that we will be keep a close eye on. And the second is if you look at China's imports, major commodities, for example, iron ore and coal imports, they are actually showing signs of improvement.
0: Number five, New Zealand's manufacturing and construction numbers, key components in GDP figures the week after next, they show signs of weak underlying domestic demand. That's according to ANZ's senior economist in New Zealand, Miles Workman. Ultimately, people got to eat. So food manufacturing tends to uh, just carry on through the economic cycle. It's the ex-food manufacturing where we really are seeing weakness At the moment, they are certainly trending south, uh, and that's consistent with a weaker domestic demand pulse. ANZ's Miles Workman there. Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, my colleague Catherine Dyer speaks to ANZ's Asia economist, Crystal Tan, about what Bank Indonesia, the central bank, is doing to shore up the Indonesian rupiah in the face of a very strong US dollar.
1: The rupiah has come under pressure amid heightened global financial market uncertainty. Bank Indonesia had stopped its rate hiking cycle early this year. But because the US Fed has continued to hike, that meant rate differentials were increasingly working against the rupiah. And it also doesn't help that Indonesia's terms of trade has deteriorated amid normalising prices for some of its key commodity exports, such as coal and palm oil. And that, in turn, had meant less inflows supporting the rupiah via the trade account. And at a time when the overall balance of payments position is also facing pressure elsewhere. So what is the bank's plan here? So BI's plan is to diversify its toolkit in order to meet its objective of both FX and price stability. So to help support the rupiah, its focus now is on, number one, stabilizing the currency through FX market intervention in both the spot and domestic NDF markets. Two, encouraging exporters to repatriate their export proceeds onshore through their FX term deposit facility. And most recently, Bank Indonesia also introduced a new instrument named the Bank Indonesia Rupiah Security, SRBI for short that will come effective on the 15th of September. What, in your opinion, is the BI's key purpose? So, according to BI, this new instrument, the SRBI, has three functions. First, it's to absorb excess liquidity in the banking system. Uh, Second, it's to provide a new money market instrument to attract cross-border inflows from foreign investors. And finally, uh, it's also to help establish more liquid benchmark rates in the six to 12-month tenor. But given the timing of the announcement, in our view, the key purpose is probably to give BI additional tools to manage short-term interest rates and to attract cross-border inflows given the deteriorating balance of payments backdrop.
0: How do you anticipate BI
1: managing the process? So the SRBI will trade and settle like treasury bills and like government auctions, foreign investors and also onshore Non-bank investors will be able to place bids via onshore banks or participate in the secondary market. Now, Bang Indonesia will want to give the new instrument a good start, so yields will have to be attractive. Okay, and what are the main implications in terms of FX and and the rates outlook? The implications are not going to be straightforward, uh, but the introduction of the SRBI had immediately lifted short dated bond yields, given the prevailing depreciatory pressure on the Rupiah. We do expect the SRBI to temporarily displace demand for shorter dated bonds up to the four-year segment. So that's going to pressure yields higher in the process. But as for the FX market, given the backdrop of deteriorating balance of payments, the FX market is increasingly going to be dictated by global development, and BI's policies. So in the best case scenario, what might the BI achieve? We do see the potential for the recent measures BI have announced, uh, including the Expert proceeds facility and the introduction of the SRVI to help potentially raise the financial account by a combined 1% of GDP and shore up support for the rupiah. But it will take time. So since then, the take-up in BI's FX term deposits facility for export proceeds has been fairly like last, although improving. The thing is, the government's export proceeds regulation that mandates exporters of natural resources to keep 30% of their export proceeds onshore for three months came effective on the 1st of August. But exporters have three months to bring back the funds. So the support from this may only be clearer towards late 2023 or into 2024 and the extent of the support is also going to depend on whether exporters choose to roll over their placement because if there's going to be no retention beyond the minimum holding period of three months then the boost in dollar liquidity is going to be one-off and also modest.
0: Crystal Tan there, ANZ's Asia economist, I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Friday, September the 8th. Have a great weekend and look out for key U.S. inflation figures and a big decision from the ECB next week. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.